Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. Today, we're going to go over some news headlines, everybody's favorite podcast episode. (laughs) Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, hope you are having a great week and welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm going to go over some news headlines because people love that. We do yeah. this, don't they? It's yeah, seems I to mean, be our most popular. Isn't that so Canadian or is it so Ontarian or Toronto? Like it's the number one thing. Yeah. You know, that that people love to talk about. I read something that, you know, in other jurisdictions, people talk about, like, like to talk about what you do for yeah. a living. Um, but here, we seem like the real estate conversation is so strong. Yeah. Everybody want, is on top of it and um, is just devouring yeah. news all the time about <laughs> real estate. Is. And I wonder why that is. I wonder why too. I, I don't know if I don't know why. I mean, because I don't think it's market the same is so everywhere. Hot. Yeah, is that why? I don't know. It's it yeah. seems like I guess if it was mediocre. Yeah. You know, you look at some of these places around the world, especially in the U.S., where they're seeing maybe, maybe one percent, two percent returns every year. You know, things sit on the market for months. It's so just, then it's not who cares? Uh, too exciting. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. But certainly here, as a real estate agent, you cannot be living in a vacuum you have to be on top of the news because people you're talking to out there know it exactly uh, yeah expect you to as well yeah Yeah. so yeah the news is and also we love our news yeah yeah well and we love it because it's generally good news yeah generally good news yeah not only good but there's so many dramas and interesting stories Mm -hmm. tied to real estate um that's that's what gets me i know Mm -hmm. it is always Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it is always fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we thought we'd go over a few of those. Um, we're sitting here almost December 1st. It's definitely a little quieter, I would say, although oh. I had a crazy week last week. Yeah, but, Janelle's on fire, everybody. Um, she, knows she doesn't like to talk about herself and her <laughs> success, but she's killing it. Well, it's... it's uh, or rather, her clients are. Yeah, her, mm. I guess my clients are. Mm. Um, yeah, they've had some... My clients have had some good... <laughs> Good success this year. Yeah. Um, so, which is great. And I think that, uh, you know, good for them. That's mm-hmm. that's what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about some of the great news headlines because I thought this was interesting. There's been some good ones out there. Uh, the first one is, this was all over the news, but, the, but this house listed for a dollar. <laughs> now, this happens all the time. Yeah, but for some reason, it. this one particular house got all this attention. I think whenever it happens, it gets attention. I guess it does. It doesn't happen all. It's still unusual here. Yes. It's uh, not a popular tactic. That's and, right. Uh, and people find it fascinating. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought this was great because it, every time I turned on the news, it was it was on. Um, it looked like just a cute little place. Mm-hmm. It was um, a Danforth and Lawrence. And they priced it at $1 and had it nicely staged, and it was just cute as a button. Um, in 2016, it sold for 990000 Does that make sense? Yeah. And in 2010, it was for 320000 So, um, 
so yeah, I guess maybe they just weren't sure what it was going to sell for. They just wanted to have a little fun. Yeah. When would you choose that strategy? What would make you say, I've got an idea? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, never. I had, yeah. <laughs> there, there was this house in Oakville, actually. Um, we went uh, to look at it some years ago because it was listed for a dollar. And it was right on the lake. And uh, we went and we were just completely confused. Yeah. Like, I couldn't, because it needed work, I just wasn't sure. Mm. And then I called the listing agent and said, you know, we might be interested in in, in this house for... I can't even remember what at that time. This was many years ago. I said, "So, what is the what price do you think it's worth?" Oh, well, we think it's worth one point three. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so would you take one point one? No, we'll take one point three. That's what they want." I'm like, "Then why are you listing it for a dollar? It didn't yeah. make any sense to me." And guess what? It didn't sell. Mm-hmm. And then they relisted it for one point three, and it sold. Eventually sold. Yeah, I don't know why you would choose to do that. But on the other hand, uh, so you're listing something in, um, I don't know, Midtown for nine ninety nine because everything is listed at nine ninety nine and everything sells for one three one four. Yeah. Is there any difference? I guess not. I guess the dollar though looks to me like you don't have a freaking clue. Mm-hmm. You don't have a clue what this house but is. But they do sell have for. a clue because they know what it's worth. So they th- think they know what it's worth, but maybe they're just unsure, mm-hmm. and that's why they come up with this strategy. I, I have no idea. But there you have it. Uh, this particular house, you know, for one dollar that we're talking about here, on it's on uh, Mackinac Crescent, and it did sell for one point two million, mm-hmm. and so. Again, not having seen the house, that would have been kind of my guess anyway. Right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Just like a little bungalow yeah. is pretty cute. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, you would think pursuing that strategy that you're going to get a lot of offers, but 99% of them are going to be lame. Yeah. Unrealistic. Yeah. Because by setting that asking price, you're going to get all the tire kickers that are going to come in at 800000 Exactly. So what's the value of that? I'm not really sure. Is it really just sure. a number of offers? Yeah. So is that strategy just to get a certain number of offers? Or just to market yourself, Yeah, I guess. That's true. You know, just to get a little attention? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I mean, certainly, like I said, I've seen it for years. I've seen it all over. I don't know. It's it's uh there are some jurisdictions where it's commonly done. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. But not here. No. Um, and I don't like it. No. Mm-hmm. No. I don't mm-hmm. I think yeah. I mean any good agent worth their salt is going to know what the property's worth anyway, right? Yeah, see in this case and in probably many of the cases I mean, the agent in other aspects of listing the property for sale, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. In often cases, they've made some repairs, they've painted, they've staged this one. Um, so they do know what they're doing. They're, yeah. You know, I, I can, know. yeah. Anyway, we could beat this horse to death, I guess. But, but. yeah, it was in the news a lot and very funny. And uh, yeah. it, it ended up where, probably where it should have been. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then I read, just read in this particular article that I was reading about it on CTV, they were saying that it was a new strategy. It's not new. No. It's been around since the beginning of multiple offers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But whatever, 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 maybe something's old is new again. I don't know. Yeah. And you know, you know, I think things are going to change. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about maybe what we think is going to happen in 2022. But I think there's going to be, I don't know if it'll be that quick, but there's going to be some changes to the way we do conduct our business. And, yeah. you know, other, other looking around the world, you know, I've, 
you know, seen shows where people are standing on front lawns and like at an auction, they're putting up their little signs, you know, saying yeah. what they're going to offer. And you I know, like there's it. all kinds of different yeah. uh, things. And we're not going to, I don't think, do anything that extreme. No, but I mean, but if they don't want blind bidding, right. then they're going to have to go to open bidding. And essentially, that's an auction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Do you think that's going to happen in 2022? I I have to tell you, I would like to see it yeah, happen. I, I agree. think it's going to pre- put the prices up. I think so too. They, I, I think they think the opposite. Oh yeah, they're fools. But, yeah, yeah. It's it's actually going to be better for our sellers. I so agree. sellers, you want that. Yeah. Buyers, you don't want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buy before mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess now there are a couple of companies doing that, and you're not allowed to by law. By the way, people, you are not allowed to say what the other offers are. But there are two companies right now. I didn't know that. Yeah, we can't. So if you offer and I offer. I know we can't, but I didn't yeah. know that there were companies that are. Yes. Yeah, so apparently I just read uh, about this recently that there are two that are doing it and they don't care. That one of them has been fined by Rico several oh. times and they're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not taking off yet though, mm-hmm. right? Because we we wait. We mm-hmm. wait until, you know, things are more mainstream, I guess, until we get there. But mm-hmm. interesting though. We digress. Um, yeah, another uh, kind of a funny story. This actually happened a couple of weeks ago. We hadn't discussed it. Was uh, an agent from our office actually went to show his clients a property, and went in with his clients. And turned out that when he went in there, there were a whole bunch of teenagers throwing a party and living in this vacant house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that hit the the media like crazy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that and was, it's you know it's, quite a story. It uh, confirmed for me some of the steps that Janelle and I take, especially when well when we're working with sellers, but especially when we're working with sellers um, selling vacant properties. Um, so I recently had one, and so I made a point of going every night and making sure it was locked up and all the lights were appropriate and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, he he went in on a Sunday morning, and and teenagers <laughs> went scrambling in every direction. Oh yeah, and it yeah. was all on video. But they were polite. They had taken off their f- shoes at yeah, the front that was door. Nice of them. <laughs> yeah, very good. And it really wasn't as messy as it could have yeah. been. So, but you know. Only when something like this happens and then you look at the situation and I thought to myself, like, I get it. I'm surprised this doesn't happen all the time. Me too, actually. I'm so surprised this is the first I've heard of it. But on a quiet residential street, you'd think that neighbors would have been, like, Mm -hmm. calling the police, you Mm -hmm. know? Well, this wasn't that. It wasn't a quiet residential. Wasn't. Was it? Well, I can't remember. Was it, like, a busy street? It was Lumsden. Oh, it was on Lumsden. But still. Right Right at Woodbine. But so there may not be the community yeah. outreach and right maybe um, this cool. is a residential street. But. Those poor people though, <laughs> like the owners. Oh yeah, God. and the poor agent. I think he had some of his staging um, yes. furniture was trashed. And that poor and, guy had no idea. And they were cooking hamburgers. <laughs> 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 oh and we shouldn't God. talk about it too much. We might be giving uh, our teenage audience some ideas. <laughs> yes, yeah. If that was my son, I'd kill him. Oh, yeah. And can you imagine? I bet in this day and age, the parents didn't. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They probably... Oh, They have an excuse Johnny. for Johnny. He's, so, he's such a troublemaker. <laughs> I can just imagine it. Oh, he's, a, he's a, not He's not a tr- troublemaker. He's an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's he, a <laughs> he marches to his own drum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Here's another good one. Uh, very interesting. Um, the investment audience, so the investment buyer, people who own more than one property, are now the bulk of ownership in Toronto. So 25, I think 25% of people who own property now own more than one. Right. 
So it's that whole the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Right. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually even find that a little bit surprising, but they're saying really that's pushing out the the first-time buyer. Now, I don't really understand why those two connect, mm-hmm. but this is what the news report has been saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I talk to a lot of people, you know, on a fairly consistent basis who do already own and are thinking of, of owning a second or a third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not necessarily... What the people that I'm talking to, where they they own their primary residence in Toronto, but they're looking outside Toronto. Yes, that's what I'm finding. Me too. Mm-hmm. But this is actually this in is in Toronto. Toronto. So I don't have a lot of those conversations. But I mean, good on you in the first place. Yeah. And um, now, what do you, you think? What do you think the impact of that is on? Yeah. On sales numbers and prices. And I don't know. I mean, I'm wondering how does that cut out a first time home buyer. I'm not sure. That's do why I'm ha- wondering how they have how the, more money. The link is, it makes no sense to me. I do think that sometimes when we read these headlines, as we talk about, they're they're skewed. And I noticed that the that the wording of this particular headline depends on the paper. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're looking at some of the more liberal type papers you know, that maybe skew more to right. the NDP it's side. Focus. It's much more about the poor mm-hmm. person who has no opportunity. If mm-hmm. you look from the other side, it's like way to go investors. So I think it just depends. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to take these things with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder how much of this is a little bit flawed because how many of these people are have bought new construction and this is actually including new construction but maybe at the moment they own two properties, but they don't actually intend to own two properties when the new construction is built. You know, maybe they're going to sell their existing home. So there might be some of that too. So that may be lumped in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you just have to, mm-hmm. you have to really, I think, dive deeper into yeah. this. And uh, consider the source and um, yeah, consider read the into, source. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, on that note, I would say, you know, as we always say to everybody, if you own a property that's great if you can own more than one property that's your goal you know you really want to try to figure out how that can happen for you can you you know pull some equity out of one property in order to purchase another property so that all of a sudden you become an investor Um, in Canada you know it's not as easy obviously our mortgage rules are a little bit tighter than certainly are in the US you can do that with three percent Everybody can be an investor. If you're an American, mm-hmm. you should be an investor, mm-hmm. right? It's pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. You can also buy property, you know, for way cheaper than you can here. Mm-hmm. You know, but as a Canadian, it's a little bit tougher because you need to have 20% down minimum, right? Right. Depending on your circumstance. If you're self-employed, they want 25%. Yep. But 20% you need to have in order to purchase that other property. Now, you know, what a lot of people can do is obviously take some equity out of their current home turn around and either buy something that they're going to live in or buy something as an investment and voila you have just become an investor so i know it's a scary premise for a lot of people but it's definitely i think the best thing that you can do with your money i mean we've seen that year over year right there's no other place that you can make that kind of a return yeah and another uh, surprising part of this story to me is that it's talking about um 
property owners buying their second within Toronto. Yes. That's, that was a surprise to me because I think in the last few years, we've really seen the potential of other markets in, in within Ontario, yeah. but even outside Ontario. But in Ontario, and, and I might have counseled my people who were thinking of doing that to look outside Toronto and, and abandon the thoughts of buying a second property in Toronto. So that kind of surprised me that the number was so high in Toronto. Me too, but then maybe something has to do with the fact that, you know, we, the prices went down. Yeah. Not down, but yeah. they, they were a lot flatter than they were in other areas. Yeah. So, so maybe there's more condos. Yeah, an opportunity that wasn't there before. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is, you know, all interesting to think about. And, and I know that all of these other smaller markets in and around Ontario, they've all, they're all going up so fast. Right, so maybe, yeah. That maybe so the gap buying has the, changed a bit. Yeah, yeah $500,000, you know, shoebox condo in the city seems like a better investment all of a sudden than that duplex in yeah. Hamilton, right? Yeah. And, you know, we're going back downtown, I guess. People are in some modifying form going back to work downtown. And I think rentals have, they were struggling a little bit yeah. during COVID, but they've rebounded. Um, That's right. So, you know, yeah, maybe all those reasons conspire to make Toronto a, a great investment choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out mm-hmm. over the next couple mm-hmm. of years, I think. You yeah, know? I mean, if I had money to spare and equity to use, I think I'd be doing that rather than buying a recreational property like the craze of COVID. Yeah, I don't understand. I, uh, just because I, th- I think as an investor, not as a rec user, I don't understand that, that theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you have a lot of money invested somewhere else, but my experience is people are struggling mm-hmm. to buy the recreational property. Yeah. And I yeah. think just buy just buy a duplex somewhere, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Rent it out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so other, we you know, you touched on this earlier, but the Canadian Real Estate Association kind of put out their predictions for what's going to happen with the Canadian real estate market in 2022. Um, so when they're talking about their predictions for the year we have to remember every region is a little bit different you know toronto is always standing on its own the gta for that matter so nonetheless um the canadian real estate association korea as we call it says that they predict that the average home price will go up 5.6 percent next year but down compared to what it has been. So, you know, we've been seeing more like 8 to 9% returns over the last couple of years across the country. They think it'll dip a little bit to about 5.6. So um, I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in any other facet of investment, you would be comfortable with that. I mean, we're so used to uh, higher numbers, but and that you have to keep in mind that's across the country. That doesn't speak to Toronto. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, as a result of that, they also said that they do anticipate that the sales volume will drop, and they're guessing about 12%. Mm-hmm. Now, a drop in sales volume of 12% would probably equal more of a price hike than 5.6%, but again, just depends on the market that we're talking about. In Toronto, historically, as we know, especially in the last year and a half, our sales volume is way down. We, right. we cannot, we're, we just don't have the inventory running yeah. through the system, but our prices keep going up and up and up, and it's, it's an obvious supply and demand problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're anticipating it sales down, but prices up moderately. I think from a Toronto standpoint, I think we're going to see pretty significant increases in price and that goes kind of against what a lot of people are thinking right now but that would be my guess because you see probably greater volume drops 
Yes. Yeah. I think it's going to be more uh, more of a volume drop in Toronto than across Canada, which is going to result in greater increases. Prices. Yeah. And I'm already seeing it. But, and we've seen that since we've been in this business. It, we really it have. It is all supply and demand. Yeah. Um, and if, if there's nothing available, people are going to pay more for what is available. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this report also said that, uh, and as well as some, something from RBC said, that they anticipate that at some point prices are going to start to flatten mm-hmm. toward the end of next year. Okay. Uh, again, across the board in Canada in total. I don't know. I feel like um, that probably makes sense. There's just so much going on. Uh, you know, a lot of this is going to be dependent on what happens with interest rates and, you know, inflation. And I think at this point, we just don't know mm-hmm. because there's so much speculation about all of that, um, you know, until we get sort of this pandemic under control. I don't anticipate any major changes to our, you know, economic um, standpoint, but I would guess we're just going to have to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, all very interesting, but uh, you know, and I always take these things again with a grain of salt because if we look at <laughs> every time the CMHC says something, it's so completely wrong. So that would be my advice, actually. <laughs> if you want to know what's going to happen, read what the CMHC <laughs> says, and just it'll yeah. be completely one hundred percent opposite. Yeah. I think they were anticipating another decline this year. So since they've been so wrong every year, yeah. I would say they'll probably be they wrong were again. right for three months. I think in early two thousand and nine. I remember it well, but but way off every yeah. other year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So look at the source, uh, grain of salt, and yeah. uh, do your due diligence. But you know, hearing this, these projections. Yeah. W- what as a seller would you think about if you were thinking that your life, you know, circumstances might make you want to sell? Would you be doing it? I mean, I guess that's such a hard question, isn't it? Because I guess it just really more depends on what your goals are. Yeah, and everybody's personal situation that would lead them to consider it is different. I kind of feel like any time you sell is good, but you have to know that you're always leaving money on the table if you do it now. But you can't wait forever. Right. Right. So, but now yeah, you're going to make more time. money next year. It right. actually drives me crazy when I talk to people who are like, well, we only sold for 950 You know, we could have got way more than that this year. It, duh, obviously. Yeah, but you wanted to sell last year. Right. So that's, that's an irrelevant conversation. Yeah, but people yeah. actually think like that, Yeah, which is so strange to me. And for most people, if you're buying and selling in the same market, it shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's another good one I thought was really good. So a study came out that said that the kids, parents are giving their kids an that. average of $145,000 in order to buy their I own know. home. Yeah. I was born into the wrong family. Oh, clearly, <laughs> me too. Good Lord. Yeah, no, yeah. I read that. Um, you know, I know of a lot of parents helping out their kids, but not in that kind of sphere. No, I better start saving up. <laughs> I'm gonna feel left left. Uh, my kids will be left out. Um, but here is why: that the National Bank of Canada said that Toronto residents right now need an annual household income of two hundred and five thousand or more in order to af- afford a home in the city. Yeah, yeah, crazy. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're a single person, mm-hmm. how do you ever? I mean, it's hard because mm-hmm. rent is so high. Mm-hmm. If you're renting, it's hard to save. Mm-hmm. 
I do think this is the reality, and I don't know where this is going to go, but for our kids, it's sort of like either you're getting a little help from me, you know, as a parent, or good luck to you. I don't know. How are they ever going to save that kind of money? I had this conversation. I have three teenagers. I think we may have talked about this before. And um, they say I'm approaching it with um, antiquated perspective. Okay. That they have no intention. No, um, I am own. hearing that a lot. Yeah, they yes. have no intention. Yeah, Why yeah. would they ever want to right. own? Yeah. I have and heard I'm that a, from a lot of people, kind of too. surprised me because yeah. I'm in the business and talking mm-hmm. about it all the time. But mm-hmm. they don't, at least like mine are 18 and 17, don't have the same sense of own, property ownership as a right. key core, core value. Yeah. And isn't that interesting? Because this is going to be a generational thing, I guess. Because yeah. if you look at millennials, right? Mm-hmm. So the older millennials now, and I find that all this stuff fascinating. They have all largely are in the buying, accumulating wealth stages. A lot of them have moved out of the city. Yeah, whereas right. 10 years ago, they only wanted right. to be in the city. Right. So as they are shifting together... I wonder what will happen with our mm-hmm. our Gen mm-hmm. Zs. Mm-hmm. there, Gen mm-hmm. Z? Right. It might be a completely different yeah. perspective. Yeah. But we better keep people buying or else they're yeah. the poor downtown core. I don't know. Oh, don't say that. So they yeah. said here that, and this is the other thing I thought was interesting, that the National Bank says that it's rich parents that are providing this money. And do you know what they define as rich they define rich as people who have an accumulated investable wealth of at least one million. Okay. Which is, isn't that rich? That's mm-hmm. a house. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that includes house ownership value. I'm not sure. So, um, well, how did they word it? Investable? Inve- accumulated investable wealth. So, so I would say that's mm-hmm. home equity. Mm-hmm. Um, so very interesting. So, you know. I don't know. 145000 was the average amount that, that parents Yeah, I mean, in that, like, uh, generation of parents is the, is the richest gen, uh, generation in the history of mankind. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, from what I hear, I don't think it's just rich people that are doing, that yes. are helping their kids. Yeah. I think it goes to the average yeah. Jill and Joe. And you know, maybe we, not 145, right? But, I, but think I think you're right. More, yeah. That that demographic is doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. We feel. I think I'm going to make a judgment here, but we probably feel a little bit more responsible for our kids' success than our parents did for My us. My parents would never have considered it. No, never. No, would have offered it. No. Never in a hundred years. No, no. You know, even if they had it, um, right. I remember borrowing money from my. I joked about this. Of my father's eighty-five, <laughs> and at different periods in my life, I've had to borrow a little bit of money. And uh, we were just talking about it, and he joked because in the early days when he loaned me a little bit of money, he would. Um, we had a little ledger that we kept and he would charge me an astronom- astronomical <laughs> amount of interest. Get out. And oh he, he was laughing about that last night because, <laughs> you know, now he wouldn't charge our, my, my kids any interest. Oh, and that's he would hilarious. gladly loan them any money they need. It's, they, so he at 85 has changed so much. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah he, he made a killing off me. Yeah, that yeah. is that is. Too I had funny. to start paying rent. I lived at home when I graduated university, and I had to pay rent. I think they gave me maybe three months grace, 
And, uh, and then, uh, was, <laughs> but I can't imagine charging my kids rent no. three months after they finish. Oh, I can't either. So there's been such a shift. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. In all ways, right? Mm-hmm. The way we I can't imagine that, but they did. That I, kind of I, I gave me three months after that. Graduation. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know that we're doing it right. Yeah. I don't. It's some somewhere in between. Is probably the probably. Right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was the point of charging me that rent? It no, only I delayed. Oh, I had to me do it too. Being yeah. able to do anything else. I remember my just. I digress from one. I remember getting my first apartment, second apartment. The first one was like such a dump; it was falling down. Second apartment, and my and my mom giving me her dining table and chairs. And which were old and ugly, and charging me for it. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't even afford to pay the rent. Yeah, so it's that 70, 80 year old now who, who would yeah. do things like that like, when we were young. Yeah. 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 And, and it was $200, I remember she charged me. I'll never yeah. forget it. Yeah. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Funny. Um, yeah, but I, that caught my eye because, um, first of all, uh, that's a big percentage of people doing it, and that's a lot of money they're giving. Yeah. And you have more than one kid. Yep. <laughs> Now, here's another good article, and maybe this will be the last one we talk about today, but um, this was an article I read that said, you make $75,000 a year, will you ever be able to afford a Toronto home? No. And the answer was no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, unless you're getting help from your parents, they said, going back to the mm-hmm. last one, the answer is no, you will never be able to get it because you do need at least $205,000 <laughs> income. Yeah. So, you know, and again, it's all about compromises, right? We've talked about this in the past. If you are interested, if you if you definitely want to buy a home, look elsewhere, even if yeah. you're not going to live there, yeah. or buy something with someone, buy a duplex with two units, and you and your, you know, friend or your family yeah. member can live. It's always compromise. Always it's compromise. location versus style of property, like style of housing. Um and um, you can get creative, I think, and make something happen. But on your own, buying a home, 75000 no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other advice I, I would give to people and all of you who are listening, and I think this is really important, so please try to hear me. Don't get out of the market if you can help it. Um, I, you know, I had someone recently, I sold her place and she was going to buy a place in the new year. And there was like a two, three month, going to be a two or three month gap. And I, and I said to her, you can't do it. You have to stay in or you won't be able to afford it. It's moving at such a fast pace that if you leave, you take your money out and you'll leave, you can't do it. No. And so I think it's really important to remember that. And that's always been the way. It is, but worse now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's just going up so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those people that are waiting for some sort of slowdown or something like that, you have to stay in if you can. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's circumstances where you can. Yeah, if you no, can, I agree completely. You have to. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was it. That was about our headlines, I'd say. There were some interesting ones as mm-hmm. we creep closer to. Yeah, it, it, like we're obsessed with real estate, but there's always fascinating yeah. tidbits out there. There is, right? I, I love the story about the teenagers. I love the oh, yeah. parents giving money. Um, I love it all. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that next week we'll be able to talk about the December stats. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And uh, again, yeah. or not December, November. Yeah. And I'm really curious to see how that goes. I think that's going to be really interesting interesting yeah because it's been i've seen kind of both polar opposites where some of my things have been super slow some have been so busy yeah it seems that there are some pockets that are not following the 
pattern across the city. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, you know, my uh, my projection is that it will remain volume down, but prices up. Same, mm-hmm. yeah. With a few um, local exceptions yeah. that we've had experience in. Exactly. But uh, that's what I project to see when we meet next week. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep you posted on that. So, everybody, thanks for listening. As always, just let us know if uh, you have questions you want us to cover next week. Please make sure you're following us on all of our social channels at the Janelle Cameron team. And in the meantime, we wish you happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.